You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Soap here. Excited to be joined for a second time by Oren Jacobson, NLC Chicago legend of sorts, but he's also one of our favorites because he's doing some really amazing work on organizing. You'll hear what he's organizing for if you stay tuned, which I hope you do. Let's get to it. All right, Oren, before we get into the organizing stuff, you traveled a little bit in January, right, for lead weekend training. Where did you end up going? Yep, we went to, uh, I was in Virginia, not D.C., but actually uh, Virginia. We got to spend some time uh, down in the southwest part of the state. Uh, I think the Virginia chapter did something really interesting, which was they've, they're they moving their institutes around the state. Um, so, yeah, it was great to be there. I think it's year two there. Um, and as you know, building, you know, building something from scratch is a heck of a lot of work, but they've got a good team, and it was a great time. And how many years have you been a lead trainer at this point? Uh, I think this was my fourth year doing it. Um, and, you know, I, I think you would agree with me that that's probably one of the coolest opportunities mm. inside the LLC family. And any observations on how things have changed over those four years? What was the, the kind of vibe and the feel of the group you were working with this year, especially given the 2020 political realities? Um, you know, what's interesting is... You know, in 2017 in particular, there's a lot of really raw anger and emotion. And in some ways, I feel like not that that's subsided, but what I felt more in this particular room this year was um, the resiliency of our community. Um, and a lot of people sort of very acutely aware of, you know, the dire straits that we're in and the harm being caused, but also seeming to be focused on how to engage productively and healthily moving forward and, um, you know, trying to, to build and rebuild in many ways. So, um, you know, each room and each space and each community is different and unique. Um, and it's just always great to see the depth and breadth of the, the talent we have and the life experiences that form our community and, uh, and to learn. And speaking of, Organizing, momentum, resiliency, all those things. So we had you on before. You're talking about your one of your orgs that you're involved with, Men for Choice. Uh, give folks the, the, the short elevator pitch on what that is, then I'll ask you some follow-ups on what's new and exciting in that world. Yeah, so Men for Choice is an organization I co-founded um, back in 2015 out of Illinois with a basic goal of you know, engaging, educating, activating, mobilizing male allies into the fight for reproductive freedom. Um, and we started out of Illinois said in 2015. We originally set up a state PAC. And over the last uh, year, year and a half, we've set up a 501c3 education arm and a 501c4 advocacy arm, um, restructured the organization, built two brand new boards, uh, and are now getting ready to expand our work outside of uh, the state. So when you think of expansion, are you trying to hit the whole country? Or are you trying to hit certain states that you feel like is, is ready for your message? How does that factor in everything. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're doing two things, and I can kind of talk about the breakdown for each of those separately. But one, the first part of the, of the kind of parallel path is a, um, is a national digital campaign targeting 10 cities where we think there's a high concentration of likely pro-choice male allies. And our, as an organization, we focus on activating passive supporters. We don't focus on converting anti-choice men. We just want to get men who ostensibly are pro-choice, male-identifying allies, 
off the sidelines and into the fight. So path one is sort of a digital path, which is going to focus on this campaign at the center of that campaign or the action we want the guys to take as a first step is downloading uh, a first of its kind toolkit for male allies. We call it the starter kit, uh, sort of a how to, uh, what do you need to know and how to do it? Um, uh, And then with the rest of that digital path, we've actually hired an NLC or out of Miami who's going to be working as a digital organizer for the organization to hopefully get guys in a distributed way to take some type of next step, whether it's hosting a house party, a happy hour, going and canvassing, going and working with the local, you know, reproductive rights or justice organization in their community, those types of things. So that's path one. And then path two is we're actually getting ready to do some on the ground expansion, sort of copying the model we built in Illinois which was focused on identifying like a core group of leaders who was going to commit to the work. Um, And we're going to be working with coalitions in Georgia and Florida and Ohio um, to build a similar group there, support their coalitions. Uh, And then that will be coupled with a college campus tour this year in those states to hopefully do some education work and identify some young male allies who might be willing to engage in the summer and fall of 2020 and beyond, uh, again, in sort of direct action advocacy work in support of whatever the local coalition needs. You've probably had tons of conversations with, with folks in that passive category, like you said. When you're speaking with folks, what are the one or two messages or ideas that you find more often than not are the ones that inspire folks to take some action? So, you know, the, the, the theory of the organization as a starting point, Eric, is that most men don't fully understand the impact of the issue. They understand the idea of abortion. They have like a baseline sort of, I support it. I'm, I'm not supportive. And then they sort of uh, move on from there. So uh, step one is really making sure that guys fully understand the impact and the harm that's being created. Uh, step two is actually from there, moving this away from a question of, a women's issue or a gendered issue to really an issue about freedom and control and helping to sort of clarify and crystallize for guys that you and I have a freedom to control our body, our healthcare and our reproductive decisions in a way that no woman, no trans man, no, no non-binary individual who can get pregnant has in this country. And when you arrive at this conclusion that this is about freedom and control and has nothing to do with gender, the next question is like, well, what are your obligations to engage? And so what we try to do from there is teach men how to engage the right way. And so far as we know it, which is guided by our partners um, and give them a space, so to speak, where they feel comfortable um, as sort of taking the step in. Um, and that's really the whole idea is that men for choice becomes sort of like the entry space. And then we want to push, push those folks you know, towards engagement with the organizations that are really leading this movement. We're, we're a partnership organization only. We're allies only. Our strategy is to elevate and support, you know, the, the people who are most impacted who are leading this work. Uh, and so we try to get the guys who engage with us to do the same thing. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this issue, especially as it relates to some current topics and, and current events going on this week. Thanks for listening to the Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, so what happens in your org when a situation like this week happens where a sitting president is speaking at a major pro-life rally? What actions do you all take in response or like what kind of energy is 
un, unleashed on your end of things? Yeah. So, you know, I will say um, right now, everything for us is centered the launch of this campaign on February 12th type of content and statement uh which we've done on our social media both you know all three of our accounts facebook twitter and uh and instagram and you can find us at men for choice with the number four in one single word um and you know we in these moments we try to offer for lack of a better word counter programming and counter messaging to what the men who are leading the movement to rob people of the reproductive freedom are saying um so i think you know we don't we don't share a lot uh, but I think today we put out something like we interrupt this programming for a public service announcement regarding the asshole and thief, uh, you know, something like that. And I think on our Twitter, on our Twitter, Twitter, we said something <laughs> along the lines of uh, that he was at a march yeah. to uh, a march to court government mandated control of your body, forced religion and institutionalized misogyny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And then the last thing, what do you want folks to consider 2020 presidential candidates? Obviously, there's a whole host of issues that will motivate people's ultimate choice. But on this issue of of reproductive freedom, how do you want folks to scrutinize the Dem candidates? You know, that's a great question. I think the most important thing from our perspective is, um, number one, you have to be 100% supportive of reproductive freedom and access, not just the right, but ensuring the actual access, uh, because without the access, there is no capacity uh, to, you know, to activate a right. Uh, number two, making sure that the candidate is focused on addressing the most marginalized populations and the most directly impacted and least frequently supported folks. Uh, number three, um, that the way that they engage eliminates or combats artificial stigmas that have been applied onto this issue uh, and, and is intentional about combating the shaming of women, the shaming of abortion, um, attack on uh, trans folks, etc. So, um, you know, for us, I think those are the big three. Uh, but, but more broadly than the presidential, what we really want is male identifying allies, the guys who are engaging with our work and guys period in the progressive movement um, to commit to only supporting candidates who are 100% pro-choice, who are 100% supportive of access, who combat you know, the shaming of the issue and people um, and are going to stand up in that way to change culture and change laws. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks for that work. It's incredibly important and we're excited to amplify it and we'll put the information that Oren mentioned in the info for this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to check out all episodes in the usual places you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, those places. Don't forget, we just posted 19 bonus episodes last week featuring our new 2020 NLC LA Institute fellows. They're short and sweet, five, four minutes, somewhere in that range. So make sure to check them out, see those amazing folks. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.